0: Four. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be a leader
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Championship Leadership, and today we got uh, Colin Morgan with us. He's out of Toronto, Canada. He's a Vikings fan, I just found out, which I won't hold against him, but I, I do live in the land of Vikings, and uh, yes, yeah, so we got a little bit of rivalry, of course, because I'm a Packer fan, but uh, he's the host of the Daily Grind podcast, over million downloads, uh, also does a lot of speaking, and so thank you so much for being here today, man. I, I appreciate it.
2: Nate, I appreciate it very much. Thank you for having me on.
1: Yeah. The first question I'd like to ask you is uh, the name of the podcast is Championship Leadership. So, you know, what is present for you or what, is, what does that mean to you when you hear championship leadership?
2: Championship leadership. All right. When I hear that, I think it's about leading people to win. Yeah. Um, and... I'll sort of build on that. Like I think what people, when people hear winning, it's it's all about results, right? And I grew up in a sports background. I, I had a sports background and there's sort of this sort of win it all cost mentality. And I think a lot of times we try to tell people what success is and what winning is. And I think true leadership is being able to show people and allow them to find their own path because what's successful to me could be different from you and it could be different from everyone else listening. And I think that allowing people to find their way and find what they're truly passionate about and love to do. I feel like that's championship leadership.
1: And I love it. That's great. Talk to us a little bit about you and maybe your path. I know you were uh, close to breaking into the PGA tour. got a little bit burnt out, kind of lost your passion for it along the way. Your message is a bit about talking, you know, about abuse and sports. And so could you maybe just go into that and your path and what you're up, up to and and how you've gotten to where you are today
2: no doubt so i'll do a sort of a brief brief uh, story background here for me like sports were everything i grew up my parents were both entrepreneurs they instilled in me a belief that i could do and be whatever i wanted and for me that was an athlete growing up in canada my first love was obviously hockey Um, but i got to a certain age and i realized you know i'm not I'm not growing. I'm not as fast as everyone else. I have a true love for it. but yeah uh, during that moment, I started to really succeed in golf. I played golf from a very young age. My parents brought me to the golf course. I loved it during the summertime. And I started to play tournaments, and I started to do really well, and I started to win, and all of a sudden I started to get all this praise, and I, I just fell in love with the game. And from a young age. You know, I'd be the one, my parents would drop me off early morning and would pick me up late at night yeah. and would have to drag me off the putting green. You know, be <laughs> yeah. green. And yeah. then that 10 foot putt at the Masters <laughs> against Tiger Woods, like yeah. I was that kid and all that hard work. And I practiced really hard and I was dedicated and I did everything possible because I wanted to be, you know, that professional golfer. I wanted to show people in my community and in my town and in my school that you can do it. And that culminated into me getting a full scholarship to the U.S. uh, where I was, you know, I felt blessed, right? Like I I was there, this is a stepping stone to get me to the next level. And it was at university where sort of my life changed and faced abuse in my time at university, mentally, physically, and sexually. And that affected my life going forward for a number of years. You know, after university, I left after two years of university and I knew that, I didn't want to go back to school. I really had nothing else. So I decided, you know, let's play golf. You know, this is kind of all I had. I wanted to do it in golf. You can start early. So I'm like, I'm going to start my path towards the PGA tour. And I did it for about two and a half years. I've played many tours. I saw some success, but so everything that happened in my past was lingering and lingering and I was beating myself up and I wasn't treating myself properly. And I was abusing myself, alcohol, not that I was an alcoholic, but I was using it as the way to get out of my own head and be someone new. And everything I thought of what a man should be tough, you know, I'm an athletic man. And I went through this abuse. Like for me, I did everything in my power to become that athletic man after that happened to be able to prove to me. And for some reason, everyone else that, you know, I'm this rugged, tough athlete and that affected everything in my life. And I came to a point where I was in Arizona and my brother was caddying for me Playing at a big tournament and on the ninth hole, I just looked at him and you know, I, I had a mini breakdown. I'm like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm super unhappy. I've lost all my passion. Like everything I work for, I don't see myself doing this. I can't do this. I'm super unhappy. And it was at that point I realized I needed to transition. And as you know, many athletes, it takes a long time to be able to transition out of that because my whole life has been focused towards this one thing and i feel like that had been taken away from me and now i have to go and find a new passion yeah. and it was really really hard for me it took me a number of different years i failed at businesses i started i couldn't hold a job i got fired and then finally one day i went to my dad who was running a business and i'm like what are you doing here i need help and he took me in and i started working with him and from that you know i started to learn what was wrong. And I started to deal with my internal issues. And as I dealt with my internal issues and I became okay with what happened and started to share with what happened, the healing process came. And this all happened through a very short period of time. It was one meeting. I spoke with someone and I just had this question always in my life of like, why me? You know, like, why does this happen to me? I'm sure a lot of you listening and even you, Nate, you kind of go through that. You're like, why me? Mm -hmm. And I remember her just, saying something to me she's like Colin, why not you and for some reason that really stuck with me You know, like for some reason that just like hit home and needed to say nothing else and i started to realize you know why not me i have the support system i have the mental fortitude i have the desire to get out of what i'm doing and change my life and do something amazing and that's what i started to do two years ago i started the daily grind podcast a year later i was doing it full-time as a full-time entrepreneur and you know over the past six months i've been able to start to share my story to athletes who are like me who are in university who are full of drive and passion and be able to share with them my story to hopefully prevent others from instances of abuse in sports and you know that that's really is my passion but being able to hear stories and share mine i think that's a blessing so that's me in a nutshell
1: Yeah, what a powerful shift, right? Just by a simple question, like powerful questions are just can be so powerful in that way, right? Of why not you? And, you know, talk maybe a little bit more about the abuse in sports. Is this something that really is prevalent, maybe even more so than we realize?
2: Yeah, you know what? It's shocking. As I was starting to go through a healing process myself, I think when you go through things, a lot lot of times you feel alone. Like I felt like I was the only person, like I'm a male, I'm straight. I'm going through these instances. You feel like the only one. Mm -hmm. And you start to realize that like, wow, there's so many instances of this that go untold and so many people who go through the same thing and you read these forums and I started to like dive in. And what I realized is that abuse in sports is two to three times higher than in any major industry in the world. That Mm -hmm. includes manufacturing, education, healthcare, and the military. Like this is two to three times higher than instances of abuse in the military. And we hear that instances of abuse in the military happen all the time. And sports, you don't think that way. But what happens is that as an athlete, when you want something so badly, like for me, my sport, golf, was linked to who I was. Yeah. If I didn't play well, I wasn't happy. Yeah. If I played well, I was happy. It was linked to my identity. And I was willing to do whatever it took to get to that next level. And you see this happen in the Olympic level and you see it happen at the collegiate level. And you, there's, you have these people who are in the way and you need to be able to make happy because they have every, they hold all the cards, right? Like they're going to determine whether you hold your scholarship, whether you play or don't play, whether you make the team or don't make the team, whether you get to the next level or don't. So they have so much power over you and unfortunately, as athletes, when you're going through that, you don't think that you have choices. So you yeah. typically succumb to a lot of these things and we're hearing it right now. It's, I mean, it's starting to come out a lot with coaches here in Canada and hockey level, uh-huh. in the football level. And I think you're going to hear more and more and more of it because as you look down at every single level, it, it, it seems to be a common theme. And what we need to do is start to talk about it, to have that conversation, to realize that there is a problem and when you do realize that there is a problem then you can start to make the necessary actions to, towards making a a positive change
1: yeah that's a difficult thing i would imagine right cuz you know i'm a parent i got three kids and i don't my kids are active they play sports and it's definitely something that i think about and worry about but it's it's also something that's like people just don't really want to talk about either right it's just like uh it's not going to happen to our kids, or like Absolutely. I, really, you know, and just like let's just you know not talk about it because it's not comfortable to talk about. But yeah, like man, it's a conversation that should be had. Is definitely with your kids too, right? I can imagine from a, like, hey, yeah, you you're gonna be able to talk to me if something like you know, God forbid, yeah, something yeah. does happen. Like
2: you just need to know that there there is a conversation to be had and. Uh, you know it and everyone else knows it. Like the, the worst thing you can do is shy away from it. Like it's knowing that there's a it's yeah. like someone who has mustard all over their face yeah. and a friend who doesn't say anything, right? Yeah. It's like I don't want to offend them.
1: Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> like
2: there's a problem, you gotta yeah. talk about it. Yeah. And by talking about it, what will happen is that slowly over time the conversation will start to go up and up and up. And until it reaches the levels of like policy is in place. Yeah. And there's laws set out on how you do things. Nothing will, you can reduce it, but nothing will truly change until it gets to that level. But we're at the very beginning stages right now and it's super important.
1: So, you know, of course you would hope that, that you had never had to experience the abuse that you did. Uh, but at the same time, you're using that to do some good, right? To bring some awareness and maybe even some change and more than likely had it not happened to you, you wouldn't be on that path. You know, and then there's the question of why not you? And so you're taking this to do some good, of course. What's the, what's the vision for you on, on what you want to do and, and the changes or maybe the impact that you want to make because of some of the experiences that you've had?
2: There was an experience that happened to me that really shifted my life completely. I had a, a good friend who I went to school with who at the time was, was hurting, but I didn't know he was kind of going through something similar to me. And three years ago now he called me out of the blue and he's like, I'm coming to Canada. I'm like, all right, man, come on, come on down. How long are you coming for? He's like a week. I'm like, perfect. I have a golf tournament. I was playing golf back then. Actually, this was, wow, this was like five, six years ago. So apologies for that. (laughs) Five, six years he calls down and what was supposed to be a week turned into a summer. And he was from a different country, different place. And I didn't know he was hiding from something at the time. Obviously he was going through something himself, which he definitely was. Yeah. And, you know, during that month, you know, he instilled in me, he was a military man. So he instilled in me a lot of the discipline and structure, which I desperately needed at that time. Cause I had some really bad behaviors and habits and that led into some really good results in golf. And we had this like path and vision for what we wanted. We were going to play in the PGA tour. Him as my caddy, me as the player. And see what happens when you don't deal with your issues, which I didn't, hadn't dealt with my issue then, he hadn't either, is that mm-hmm. stuff boils up. And it boiled up for us where everything was good, but we have one disagreement on a final round on the last hole. And we got in a car and we drove two and a half hours, did not say a single word to one another. Okay. Like, not a single word. Yeah. We're both stubborn. Yeah. Right. Cause we're both like, hurting right let's like no i'm not like we have this like thing where it's like i'm so stubborn i'm not going to say anything i just Mm -hmm. stared down two and a half hours we got back to my house he went packed his stuff up took his car drove home that was the last time i saw him and two years after that i got a phone call from a friend of mine telling me that you know he took his own life it was sort of at that instant where kind of things come full circle and you realize like wow like I need to change or that could be me and I need to do things differently. And it's these little instances that you have happen. And unfortunately, like you said, I wish these things never happen. Sometimes they're necessary for you in order to make that change. And for me, that was the, the driving force behind me wanting to do good, start to share my story. And my whole goal with everything that I do is if I just affect one kid, one athlete, or even better yet, I affect one coach and I can prevent this from happening to one other person and save a life. That to me is worth everything that I do to do it, just knowing that because that's enough drive and fuel for me to do what I want to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who are some championship leaders uh, in your life? Or, you know, really the question is less about like who it is, but more about like what about them? in your mind, uh, made them just a, this incredible leader, or coach or mentor, maybe it's directly or indirectly in your mm-hmm. life that, that's helped kind of shape you and maybe some things that you've taken from them to make you who you are today. Inside your life.
2: Yeah. I played for a lot of coaches and, you know, and coaches in sports and also I've had coaches in business too, right? You're a coach, you yep. deal with this. For me, I respect people that lead by example. You know, so many coaches that I've had that tell you to do certain things, but they're not doing it themselves. And when you don't do it yourself, it's hard to believe, right? And mm-hmm. that's where I think leadership comes in. It's like leading, like that means that you do it, and then people are following your path, the one who's carving it out. And therefore, people can learn your ways and start to follow what it is that you're doing. And not only that, but show you how you can create your own path and start to. Create that leadership path of yourself and allow others to follow. So for me, it's people who lead by example, who do the right things. They don't just speak about it, but why we see in sports, right? There's either vocal leaders and then there's leaders who just do things right. Like in the gym, health wise, physical fitness, on the ice, on the field, like no matter, they just lead by example. And I feel like for me, all the best leaders I've always had, have had that ability and then going back like I know I talk about abuse in sports but the best leaders that I had are also hard were also really hard on me yeah you know like who push you and hold you accountable but the biggest thing is there's the respect level there right like there's a respect level for them knowing and there's always that line but you need people who are hard on you and you need to be able to judge does this person need this type of leadership or do we need to push them in a different way and it's it really is an art like what you do is an art when it comes to coaching people because each person learns differently each person has different motivational factors and for me it's about the people who have been able to identify that in me and be able to push the right buttons to get me to do you know ultimately what i've set out to do so for me it's people lead by example and hold you accountable and be tough on you to make sure that you're doing what you're doing
1: yeah it's you know what i hear you saying really is the great leaders they don't just lead one way and they don't lead everybody the same way right i mean
2: yeah 100 yeah yeah totally. absolutely
1: i always like to ask this question what you know and maybe we've already kind of talked about it but turning points critical moments or decisions that you've had in your life i think we've all had them and it's good to hear you know these these examples from others as well some of the listeners might actually be in this moment right now where they're just trying to figure out which way to go and it's like this it's a defining moment whichever way they choose is going to kind of determine the path that they're on. And I know you've had some of those and that's the reason you are where you are today, but is there one that's really present for you where you could be somewhere completely different had you not decided to make the decision you did?
2: Yeah, I I started to be, you know, like I said, I I was extremely stubborn. And uh, (laughs) at that point, like I couldn't take direction. Like I had a very difficult time listening. I felt like I was the one with all the answers. And if I postured any other way i was weak and it was the moment where i started to really become a student again and i looked at it as an athlete and i'm like how did i get better at golf and at hockey and all these different sports that i played and it's like i had this beginner mindset where i always had this thirst to improve on what it is that i was doing but that doesn't come easy you know a lot of people like for me i sat back and i was always looking for what i wanted right i was trying to find my passion I kept hearing that over and over, like, find your passion. (laughs) Yeah, For me, I I don't know if I can swear. Can I swear on this podcast or no? Yeah, you can, yeah. Okay. For me, I was sitting back. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, (laughs) I don't know what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about golf, but I'm not doing that anymore, right? So I had this frustration, but what I started to lead with is not what I'm passionate about, but what I was really passionate about, what I didn't want to do. I always knew that I didn't want to get a desk job, that I didn't want to go in Mm -hmm. nine to five because I saw the way my father lived. I saw the way my mother lived as entrepreneurs. I wanted that. So, it's not that I knew what I didn't want to do. It's that I knew what I really didn't want to do and I let that fuel me. And as I let that fuel me, I really started to take that beginner mindset and learn from other people and be able to take criticism finally. And then start to improve, which is really difficult to do for people. But I think if you can start with what you don't want to do, yeah, and then really start to listen to people around you, of like, hey, even ask people, like, what do you think of me? Like, what do you think of me? Like, take that really. Like, that's hard to do. It right? is hard to do. Like, yeah. people are like, you're lazy. You always take the easy road. <laughs> yeah. to get it. It's like, you oh man, you got to be prepared to
1: hear what they have to say, right?
2: Yeah. And you got to be able to take that and just yeah. be like, okay, thank you. Because without being aware of what it is that you're doing, change does not occur. You really need to be aware of who you are and what you do and the habits you have. And without that awareness, change does not happen. So for me, it's just like, I had to start to become a learner and realize that I can't do everything myself.
1: Oh, that's great. You have this podcast. It's uh it's successful like it's you're doing it full time and and i think you know i, I run in a lot of people with my podcast and you know whether it's a podcast or whether it's a business or you know a traditional yeah. business or whatever like what what would you say for those that that are wanting to do something similar i get people all the time you know i want to i want to have a podcast i want to start a podcast what are you doing how do you do it And again i've kind of done the same thing you, you learn from others along the way and you kind of just you go and you, you do what you think is right and you figure it out along the way not just like any entrepreneur would do, like what are some things that you would have to say for those that are looking to kind of follow in your path?
2: I would say first and foremost, stop thinking about it and just do it <laughs> yeah. like there is never the right time. You're going to make a bunch of mistakes and you'd rather th- make them now so that in four months you're ahead of the curb and you're actually starting to roll. Whereas in four months, now you're just going through that learning process. It just continuously puts you behind. And if you try to like think that you're going to do everything perfectly you're not. I always laugh. I, I just, for me, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start. I reached out to people. I didn't have a name of a podcast. I didn't know what I was going to talk about, <laughs> but I had, I had 20 guests before I had a name of my show. Like just oh, that's thinking, awesome. you know, like I <laughs> yeah. had 20 guests and then I'm like, okay, now I got to do it. Right. I'm holding myself accountable. Yeah. I put the pressure on myself. And then through that, you start to figure it out. You start to ask questions. The first 20 interviews I did, I always laugh. I did them shirtless. (laughs) I was sweating so much. I was nervous. I spent hours editing my show because I hated the way I sounded and I didn't want all the ums and ahs and pauses. I tried to be perfect, right? But that's just the learning experience you go through. And those are the things you can look back on and laugh about. But for me, it's like I just took the action. And once I took the action, you start to figure things out. And then again, look at people who have done it before. Like for you, Nate, like the people want to be a coach, the value in emailing you, you know, once a week, Hey Nate, I'm sorry to bug you. I'm starting my coaching practice. Do you be able to give me any tips? Like anything helps maybe a 15 minute phone call. I'm telling you listening, you would be amazed at the response that Nate would give. So it's just like ask for help and just, just, go like just go like anything anything else is is gonna hold you back and and make you start to think maybe i shouldn't maybe not. yeah
1: maybe. you know yeah. that's you know and i'm sure you've ran into this yourself and i i do as well it's just that some of the people that you probably had you on your podcast that you probably before you sent made the request you're like oh this person will never come on and some 100 you'll be so surprised by who does and who doesn't by just like making the request right
2: Totally. And I, I learned that from, I had a, I had one job where I was selling international real estate. Okay. yeah, I was selling International real estate, people, second homes. And I was on a call list. So I was on a computer like this, little headset yeah. and I, automatic dials and I made thousands of calls. Like when it hung up, it just automatically yeah. dialed the next number and going through that process of like, no. <laughs> oh, Fuck off. Don't talk to me. I'm I'm at work. I'm with my kids. Go away. But realize, okay, I got like 300 people that told me to go away. But then I have one conversation. Yeah. And that conversation leads to something. So it's just like all about it's being comfortable with people telling you no or people telling you to go away. Like that's such a big thing, I think.
1: That's a character builder right there. So totally. And by the way, yeah, it's funny to hear that you're like, yeah, the first twenty episodes you did with your shirt off, and <laughs> here he is today. If you're not watching, you're listening. He's got a sweater on, like and a big sweater. I'm a little chilly. He's, he's Definitely <laughs> com- comfortable.
2: <laughs> well, I've done four t- today. Episode 460. Is episode four hundred and sixty? Is it? I really? recorded over five hundred. Yeah. So it's like anything else, right? I learned from an athlete, like a, as an athlete playing golf. Yeah. My dad always told me ten thousand hours. So I'm like, That's you know right. what? I'm going to accelerate at a fast, fast rate. That's what I did. Yeah,
1: that's great. We'll start to wrap it up here. What are, what's one or two things you could leave with the listeners to really help them maybe even move forward today? Like just something they could implement, guiding principles or life lessons that you could give them to move them forward a little bit.
2: Yeah, I, I think that everyone talks about mindset. You know, like I think so many people talk about mindset and for me, my mindset did not shift until I changed my habits. Until I realized, for me, I was sitting on a couch at 22 years old playing video games, and that was not going to get me anywhere. I could think about where I wanted to be all day long, but my habits needed to lead me into creating that better mindset for myself so I would get off the couch, stop playing these things, start educating myself. So it starts with the daily things you do, and start small. like Whether your goal is money or whether your goal is physical fitness or health, start small if it's physical fitness i am going to do two push-ups a day for a week set that goal and achieve that goal and then yep. you can look at yourself at the end of the week and you kept the promise that you made to yourself and you can be proud of it and then what happens is you never do two push-ups so all of a sudden those two turned into 10 which turned into 20 which turned into 30 and all of a sudden you get addicted to this feeling and you yep. start to improve naturally but start small i think if you start small that really leads to the
1: big results Yeah, perfect. I love it. Thank you. What are a few ways we can find out about more, more about you, your podcast and what you're up to?
2: Um, Yeah, you can go to dailygrindpodcast.com and check out my website there. You can follow along on my journey on LinkedIn or Instagram. And what I do on every show, I do this on my show too. So I have an inner circle group where every guest that comes on, I ask them if they'll do a coaching, 15 minute coaching call. And it's amazing. I have thousands of people that listen to my show, but like consistently only 10 people take the action on the coaching call. You know, it's shocking. So I challenge challenge listeners, like I'll give away for for you, Nate, I'll give away three of my 15-minute time slots to listeners on the show, whether you you want help or guidance. And here's the thing, like when you do this, maybe I can't help you. But maybe I can, or maybe I can't help you, but you're looking for – you know, you're looking for, uh, you're like, oh, I, I build websites, Colin, I build websites. I'm like, I don't know how to build websites, but guess <laughs> what? I have two friends that are starting a business and a yeah. father who owns a business and they yeah. all need help with websites. Let yeah. me introduce you. And that one intro, even though I couldn't help you, could turn into thousands of dollars for you and start your business. So take advantage of these. I'll give away three 15 minute time slots. Nate, I'll kind of coordinate it with you after the podcast. Yeah, perfect Maybe- uh, that's awesome, man. I appreciate it. Um, but I'll ch- I'll challenge your listeners to jump on it and see Absolutely. what happens. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Why would you not? Like if you're listening, just like, why would you not? So it, take advantage it. of that. That's that's awesome of you to do that. So thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. And uh, Thanks, Nate. yeah, it's, I've enjoyed the time. And so thank you. And uh, that's it, man. That's a wrap.
2: Thanks, Nate. Appreciate it, man. Love what you're doing.
0: Go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I miss my life, miss my wife. For 15 months, he was all alone.